I'm James Hahn II. And I'm Mark LaCour. And you're listening to This Week in Oil and Gas. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Coming of age tale here, episode 17. Welcome in, Mr. LaCour. Thank you, James. And just why is this a coming of ale tage? What? Pardon? <laughs> Coming of ale, coming of ale. Yeah, are you? You're you're ready for happy hour? It's Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I wish I was at happy hour right now. Let's try that again. So, why is this a coming of age tale? Well, why don't you fill us in, Mister Lacour? Yeah, scarily enough, James, you and I may be related. Yeah. So, what's the story? Your your mom's maiden name is Han. My grandmother's maiden name was Han. There you go. And I had uh, completely forgotten about it. And my little brother was actually listening to our podcast, and he goes, "Dude, is that guy related to us?" And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes. Our grandmother's maiden name was Han. I go, oh, geez, you're right. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am James Han II from TribeRocket.com. We are brand architects for next generation oil field leaders. And you, Mr. LaCour, who could be Mr. Han as well? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, from ModalPoint.com. We are the oil and gas sales experts. All right. We do this every week, every Friday. Just try to go through uh, a handful of stories from around the globe. Let's jump right in. Mr. Tom Morgan from Drilling Info, went and got himself a piece on Forbes. So China's now world's largest oil importer effect on global market. Uh, how, how did he fare in his analysis? So I think his analysis was spot on. Now, you and I have been talking about this for three months now. So, Tom, we love you to death. We were there first, buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine, so I'm totally going to get a ribbon on that. Yeah. Yeah. So China is now the world's largest consumption of, of crude oil and gas. And they're also one of the world's largest exporters, which is which is, um, you know, puts them right in the crosshairs to what's going on here in the U.S. Um, but there's a lot of investment. Um, China has uh, historically invested a lot in their infrastructure, which means long term wise, they can continue to grow and they need this crude natural gas to, to fuel their economy. Right. So their economic growth is not straight up like it was a few years ago, but it's still growing. And so in order to do all the construction projects, in order to fuel all the new luxury vehicles for the new middle class, they need a lot of uh, crude oil and uh, gas. And so I, uh, I had the pleasure of copy editing a future post of yours last night, and you talked about the need to understand the geopolitics in this industry. So what are the geopolitical implications here? Yeah, so um, you have to remember, so China needs a ton of crude oil and natural gas. There's only certain places in the world that you can actually get that from. So China's actually buying crude and natural gas from the Middle East, which all of a sudden you're now having the Middle East have a, a new outlet. Uh, for 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 its commodity, and they're also buying stuff from Russia, but they're also partnering and buying fields with you know every country in the world. Um, the geopolitical effect of this is China of, is is in the process of of having a, um, a large lion's share of both the consumption and the exportation of refined products, which means from a financial point of view, they're going to actually start kind of leading the ship a little bit as, as we look out over the next twenty years. Interesting. Okay, speaking of Russia, uh, which we, we tend to do on this show, but this, uh, this one kind of caught my eye because it talks about Russian, Russia continues to attract Western, Western oil majors despite sanctions. Yeah, so when, you, when people hear Western, a lot of people think U.S., don't think U.S., think Europe too. Um, there's sanctions in place because of what happened in Ukraine with Russia. Uh, the sanctions are, are worded are a little bit different for the, our European oil and gas brothers. So companies like BP are still doing some heavily investment um, and, and for good reason. Uh, quite honestly, Russia needs the technology. So they have the reservoirs. But they don't have the ability to get it out of the ground economically and environmentally safely as somebody like BP can do. So um, the U.S. companies, you know, the Exxon Mobiles and the Chevrons, um, down the road, this may actually come back to bite them in the butt 
But you have to remember the reason we have the sanctions, and that's because Russia basically invaded a country and, and took it over. And so they're going to invest $700 million for a 20% stake in Rosneft's uh, oil field during the conference. So what's going on specifically? Yeah, so um, very good job with your Russia. We'll have to get you on the next James Bond uh, film out there. So <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening is, is basically BP's bringing a bunch of capital um, to Rosneft who needs this capital actually finance their expansions. Uh, uh, Statoil is, is um, also in there somewhere doing the same thing. So with access to this uh, Western capital, uh, Russia is able to actually build this infrastructure and actually uh, produce and actually increase production. Well, hopefully that will be good for the Russian people because I know they need some good things. And, and speaking of people who need good things, Kenya, Ruto, give Kenyans a slice of international oil companies. And I bring this up because of a phenomenal post, which I'll put in the show notes, which will be at triberocket.com forward slash TW17. And it's a, it's a post by Alan Gilmer talking about who is big oil. Um, it's called Atlas Thugged, who is big oil. And most people think of big oil as Exxon, uh, but they've, they've never heard of a knock. So right. what's going on here? Yeah, so here's the, um, the basically the deputy president of Kenya talking about that he wants more international oil investment uh, in his country, but at the same time, he wants to make sure that his people benefit. And I'm, I'm all for that. Now, I do take this article with a grain of salt because I know from experience that, uh, quite frankly, a lot of the African co- countries, there's a lot of corruption. The politics say they want stuff for the people, and where does the money go? In the politicians' pockets. So hopefully this doesn't happen here. The idea is sound, right? Local content, local people. If, if we have some vast reservoirs that we can't tap into, if the, um, you know, the Western oil and gas companies want to come help us get it out the ground, let us help us benefit our people. And let me tell you, James, I, it's funny. I was just uh, responding to um, something on uh, LinkedIn for Chevron earlier this morning. Chevron does a really good job of that. They'll come into a country and not only will they stand up small businesses and buy from them, but they'll stand up schools, they'll stand up hospitals and, and, and all the big companies do, but just kind of hats off for this industry as a whole when they're able to, when the government's not corrupt, they come in and they actually help everybody. Yeah. And I worked with a company last year called Emerging Markets Corporation uh, or communications, I'm sorry, emc-corp.net. I'll put in the show notes. And they do a similar thing where, where they go out and they, they light a lot of, um, a lot of different uh, what towers so that people can communicate. And the cool thing is that that they don't bring in, in Americans. They actually they actually employ the local people and try to not only get the infrastructure going, but also to to get the knowledge transfer so that those people can can then grow their go grow their economy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just it's just the right thing to do. Absolutely. So uh, let's say absolutely a few more times. <laughs> London <laughs> College sees 300% enrollment spike in oil gas management courses. Uh, this, this was good news to me, so I just wanted to bring it out. Yeah, so this is, this is a, um, a, not only a large growth in, in the enrollment, but you actually this is a large growth in startups in the UK. Um, and, and, you know, how wonderful a story is that is that, uh, you know, young students and people and entrepreneurs are able to come in solve some problem in the oil and gas industry, stand up a small company, hire people, and everybody benefits from it, right? And, you know, you and I both are entrepreneurs. And so, you know, here's some fellow entrepreneurs on the other side of the pond doing the same thing that we're doing. Yeah. I I grew up in in Michigan. All I knew was that uh, you change your oil every 3,000 miles. And and now I find myself giving middle school friends um, (laughs) geology lessons. Did not see that one coming. Yeah, and it's interesting. So uh, we're a bit involved with this group called We Are the Future in the UK. And it's a bunch of uh, entrepreneurs, and they have a contest. And they take the top you know, 10% or whatever, and they bring them over here to Silicon Valley. 
and and have these European entrepreneurs engage with Silicon Valley companies. Well, they reached out to me just a little while back, and they want to start doing the same thing in Houston, bringing the winners to Houston to engage with oil and gas companies. I just I just think it's a wonderful thing. Everybody benefits. That's awesome. It brings to mind something I want to talk to you offline that I haven't mentioned yet. But one of my one of my major goals in life is to go into, for instance, South Acres and different some of the poorest neighborhoods in Houston, and and put together put together learning centers to teach these kids entrepreneurship because you know any of them can do anything that they want they just need to they they just you know a lot of those kids just grow up with maybe a handful of options that include a lot of things that we don't want them to be involved in so so yeah from 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 helping the entrepreneurs that that get it to uh, inspiring future entrepreneurs which I know you do every Friday with your stems work yep so, uh, you know, this is an offline conversation. we got to be careful we don't stretch the show out. But, hey, I'm all in. You know, you and I can put our heads together and see if we can help some of these underprivileged kids. Absolutely. All right. Air Gas, great company, just not enough gas. What's going on? Well, this is this is a, a, a research report based upon, you know, sh- should you buy their stock? Um, and, you know, there's some risk anytime you're buying stock in any company. Air Gas is a good, solid company. They're not growing like crazy. This was not somebody, something I would put in your portfolio if you're looking for rapid returns. It's also not something I would put in your portfolio if you're looking for steady but very safe. It's kind of in the middle. Um, it's a good company. They're growing about 6% per year. Um, there's a need for their products. And so, you know, this is just um, a, an article by uh, um, uh, Sabus Research. Sabus Research about, on Seeking yeah. Alpha, yeah. Yeah, just talking about their their um, stock worthiness as far as an investment point of view. And so, what what is the drawback that that they're saying just not enough gas? What are they what are they pushing on there? The, so, air gas sells a lot of specialized gases to the industrial market. I mean, argon, oxygen, nitrogen, blah blah blah. And so, they expect the need for those specialized gases not to grow up, which not to to, to grow, which means the need for what air gas does is not going to grow dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it, there's the need is still there. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of a conversation people uh, in my circles often have about Facebook. And well, it's, it's Facebook's just not cool anymore. It's lost its sexiness. Uh, you know, kids aren't on Facebook, which statistically is absolutely false. Um, but Facebook has grown into basically a utility. And yeah, it's, even though they're not growing, they're still enormous. You can't ignore that. Exactly. And it sounds like a similar thing with, with what uh, with those guys provide. All right. I wanted to bring this, this next one out because uh, it's an interesting point that I've noticed over the last probably six weeks, a lot of stuff going on in the DJ Basin. Why are some DJ Basin drillers increasing CapEx now? Yeah. If our, our listeners have listened to this anytime, they should be able to guess my answer on this. Right. So... <laughs> Here's a perfect example of a good company in a strong financial position leveraging their their cash right now to outperform their competitors who are hurting right now. So it's, it's just classic business 101. Um, the price of oil is down. My competitors are hurting. I'm sitting on a strong balance sheet. Damn it, I'm going to spend some money. So when the price goes back up, I am way ahead of everybody else. Is that Bill Barrett Co- Corporation? Yep, Bill Barrett Corporation. And they're going for 320 to 350 uh, for 2015. So uh, pretty, pretty bullish. Yeah. Anytime you dump another extra hundred million dollars, especially a company this size, it's substantial. But you watch the outcome. Watch the end of next year. How much better they're doing than all their competitors. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure to follow that story. 
Following this story up, we'll go with could crowdfunding become a new way to finance oil and gas activity? And they talk about a few different websites, except my boys over at energyfunders.com that I just got to throw that in there, energyfunders.com. They were the first guys doing this. But regardless, um, what do you think of this whole notion of crowdfunding for oil? I think it's awesome. And they actually do talk a bit about energy funders. Oh, I missed them. Yeah, that's okay. It's um, it, the idea is is awesome. So you and I live in in 2015. We live in a world where technology has made a lot of changes in business. Look at Uber, um, look at Facebook. We're talking about this just a second ago. Here is a chance for people like um, you know, you and me who don't have an extra five million dollars laying around to invest a small amount of money with other people like you and me, and together collectively we now have a sizable investment. We can invest in oil and gas projects. I, I think this is wonderful, and I think this is going to be part of the future. Yeah. And, and this is this is another thing to highlight, and I probably have said it before, and I'll say it uh, probably a hundred more times, which is that the vast majority, the last time I edited a post for Drilling Info, the statistics from their data was that 86% of oil produced in America was from small independents, and 90% of, of gas, natural gas, was produced by small independents. And so this is this is i love i love the whole idea around crowdfunding oil because yeah you're right i don't have two hundred and fifty thousand dollar check to write but i can throw in a thousand or three and get a return that's you know proportional to my investment and that's that's huge for me yeah and it's it think about what it does to the economy you're fundamentally changing you know now you know 20 year olds that are in college can actually in, even while they're still in school can invest in oil and gas i it, it's it'd be a fundamental change to the financial part of the oil and gas industry and i, and I think it's wonderful Oh, wow. It says the, uh, they got a, a, a quote here from Mr. Philip Rackerson. Yeah, I, sh- I should have looked deeper into this. But I do intentionally stay ignorant before we get on this call because I don't want to say anything that's wrong. <laughs> but, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, but usually I know that you're the brains in the operation, Mark, so I just try to say it out of the way. But yeah, so Philip is, is, uh, is, is the, the guy that, I, you know, him, him, Michael, and uh, Roger over there are the guys that I worked with, and, and this quote is spot on. The internet is flat in the world, letting people connect on an individual basis worldwide. And that's what I love, you know, just to throw in a, a shout out for you, Mark. You know, you outrank billion dollar companies on Google for all kinds of keywords. And that's the beautiful thing is that that the internet has has really just leveled the playing field. And if you know how to play the game, you can take over really great great territory yeah and let me just thank you james for showing me how to do that <laughs> <laughs> and we're still we're we're still working there but man we're, we're getting there um but i don't want to turn this into an infomercial um but wait there's more <laughs> <laughs> managing bakken water needs yeah so um also i'm working with recircular up there in the bakken and so i've i've learned a lot i didn't really know anything about what water recycling until i i, I got with those guys and and obviously one of the things that I that we say in the whiteboard video we put together for them is that you know water is a is a precious commodity and you're always having to you know to fight either local legislators or you know people worried about the amount of, of water that's going to be used. Mark, can you inf- can you fill us in on the percentage of water used to frack a well or to frack all the wells versus how much water is used on a golf course? Yeah. So if you take all the water usage last year, 2014, for every fracked well in in U.S., it is one-tenth the amount of water it was used last year to irrigate golf courses. 
Um, so yes, water usage is an issue. The, the real, I mean, from a scientific point of view, the real issue is not really the water usage. It's what you do with after you frack that well. What do you use? What do you do with that water that now has a lot of salt in it? Um, you know, and, and there's a bunch of people out there looking at ways to solve that. Your client actually is one of those people that can solve that. Um, the, the, the once you get to the point where you can when you can reuse that water, all of a sudden this water. Um, is the it's it's almost like it's an internal commodity for the for the frac fields, right? They have enough of it. They need a little bit every now and then to take account for evaporation or whatever. So we're getting there. Um, you're watching um, a lot of companies and you're looking at uh, like IADC and um, the API all have some of their top scientists working on cracking this problem, um, and and we'll get there. Um, but the the when you hear the um, anti frackers talking about water usage, they need to put it in perspective. Agriculture in the U.S. is about 90% of, of the water it's used in the entire country. So if you're worried about using fresh water for other stuff, go look at agriculture or even your local golf course first. Yeah. I, water my food, but come on. Uh, the, the golf thing is really, is, is, it really stands out to me. This brings to mind a presentation I saw back when I was still at Drilling Info. It was at a some sort of symposium in Dallas. And this particular company was actually fracking wells, uh, I want to say with natural gas or something yeah, to that no, no. effect. Natural gas, yeah. yeah. So, so what do you think about alternatives to water? Where are we at with that? So there's a, a there's there's a, a there's a, a bunch of different technologies that you can actually use to frack rock. What's happening though is that it's not as accurate as using water. When you use water, it's it's basically a medium to carry sand. So what happens is they drill a horizontal in a well, which is basically a drill shaft going sideways, and they punch holes in the drill pipe. It's called perforations. And what they do perf. is they perf right. What they do is they inject water and sand under pressure, and that the water goes through the perfs and cracks the rock, causes it to fracture a couple of inches. The sand gets caught in the cracks, and then when you pump the water out, the sand keeps the cracks open so the oil and natural gas flows out. The problem with using things like natural gas or you'll see CO2 is being used out there is it's hard to get a uniform distribution of the sand so that mm -hmm. it's not as accurate as using water. And, and quite frankly – you know, once we get this water recycling problem fixed, which we're 70% of the way down there, it's not going to be any big deal. Right. Okay. Thus, thus concludes our, our, our serious portion. We have the onion of the week. LeBron James clearly expecting Cleveland area deli to give him a free sandwich. Maybe not after they lost though. <laughs> and, I, and I received a little bit coaching around this that I need to make sure I, I, it's, it's funnier. So yeah, though, this is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, that is so perfect. All right, events, ladies and gentlemen. What do we have on the on the horizon? Texas Oil Field Expo at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas, July 29th through 30th. Uh, you know these folks, don't you, Mark? Yeah, I know them well. These the the um, the, the, the the Texas Oil Field Expos, and there's a handful of South Texas, East Texas, Houston, blah blah blah. These are real trade shows. These aren't conferences. These are the places where if you want to go meet the people that are actually operators out in the field, they'll be there, right? If you're if you're looking to partner with somebody that already has relationships out in the field, those vendors will be there. Um, I'm actually taking my son to this one. He went to it last year, and because he was the only little boy, he was nine years old last year, he walked out with about 85 pounds of loot. <laughs> so now he's excited about going back. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I, I go to these shows every year to learn because I get to actually meet the people that are on the cutting edge out in the field where the rubber hits the road. I'm going to have to catch a ride out there. We also have one going on in the Northeast, the Doug, brought to you by the Heart 
folks at Heart Energy. Doug East is happening June 23rd through 25th in Pittsburgh, PA. So if we have any Pittsburgh dads out there, another opportunity for me to mention Pittsburgh dad, um, you might want to head out there. And then we they have the third annual, and this is really timely because of our conversation last week about the 300,000 Chevron attacks. Uh, uh, third annual Cybersecurity for Oil and Gas Summit. It's uh, June 22nd through the 25th here in Houston, Texas. Yeah, it's a cybersecurity has now become a business issue. It was not that long ago that the only person in the oil and gas industry that even understood what that word was was like the C- CIO or the CTO of their direct reports. Now operation managers in the oil and gas industry are worried about being hacked. And there's a bunch of reasons for that, but here's a perfect conference if you're in the oil and gas industry or if you're somebody that is a technology vendor that can help with cybersecurity, you should be there. Perfect. All right. So that is everything. Um, we have, again, the show notes are at triberocket.com forward slash TW17. And also, if you want to get Mark's monthly email on what events are happening, this is where, where we actually pull the events from for the show. So triberocket.com forward slash events will take you right to Mark's page. And then we also need some reviews, Mark. We had, we had eight uh, when we ran that contest, we haven't gotten any since then. And if folks, if you don't know, you, reviews, let's just put it this way. Apple's iTunes store is a search engine and reviews helps to push things to the top. So if you go to tryrocket.com forward slash TW reviews, that will take you into the Apple store where you can leave, um, you know, a five star review if you, you know, five for whatever it is, <laughs> but uh, you can do that. And then also our sponsor uh, coming on board doesn't hasn't been announced yet, but if you're on my list, you'll find out on Monday. So a little tease there. Mark, do you have anything else? Uh, let me just jump in with the the, um, the iTunes review. People, if you're enjoying our content that we're kicking out, and, and we do this every week for you, please take two minutes and go to iTunes and do a review. It will help us continue to de- develop this great content for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, tribrocket.com forward slash TW reviews. All right, get us out of here, Mark. All right, folks, do great work, pay it forward. We will see you next time. Go find some grease, guys. 